what is a, an editor? What is that anymore? Because you have things like Canva. So why? So how I discovered Canva was because I realized I couldn't rely on um, any of the designers that I knew to really give me the attention that I needed because either one, like the ones who are like my really good friends or whatever would offer to do stuff for me for free. Even I'll say, no man, let me pay you. They'll go, nah, 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 quit, nah, 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 charge you, nah, nah, let me, just what you need. But then I'd have to wait days and days and days and days and days to, to, to get what I need from you. And even the ones that I offered to pay, they're, 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 like the good ones, they're too busy making mm-hmm. more money than I can pay them. So I was right. like, all right, you know what? I just need to get the job done. I just need to get mm-hmm. the thing done. It doesn't need to be a master design. I'm not trying to submit it for an Addy or something. I just need right. to get the word out and it just needs to look good. So here's Canva with all these great templates that I could load up my brand colors, mm-hmm. I could load up my fonts, I could load up everything and just find what I need, edit it to my specific look and boom, bam, we're out, we're gone. Right. You know, for free or I'll pay for like whatever little 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 templates and that kind of thing. Right. And move on. And the same thing right. for so I don't know if you've seen the um the the uh, promo video for Twin Island, but yeah, yeah, yeah. My social media person did it on her phone with a with an app on her phone herself. Yeah, I mean, for, I would say yeah. I mean, for for me, so I do a lot of the design work for Kafa and and Nancy. I don't do Third Horizons design. Um, usually when we have the festival, we get a, we get an actual graphic designer. And you guys have good designers too. Right. And then even now for Studio Nancy, I'm not doing that anymore because we have a gra- an, in, an in-house graphic designer and we just did the whole, you know, um, launch of Uncivilized. I didn't do any of that designs. You know, someone who actually knows graphic design did that. Um, but I still... So what, what I find... Or where I fit in here is that for the for the places where we can't afford to pay a graphic designer, I do it. Um, and yeah, you know, I know it's a process, just like everything. Else. You gotta learn how to do it. You gotta learn what works and what doesn't work. And it's by trial and error because anybody going to graphic design school at this point in life, so it's like it's trial and error and it's understanding. What you like and what and what and how you like interact with the world and translating that how you interact with the world and with other people and translating that into some kind of common language that people could that when you put it out there someone sees it and they're like oh i vibe with this or you know or i don't so and the, the the software yeah i could see what you're saying about it being complicated and not needing to be, and the simpler the tools, the better. Um, but I do find that that the more, the harder to use tools give allow you more options. And at a certain level, you need that. Um, on a on a certain level, or when your when your work is going to be made at a certain scale, yeah. you, you need to have the flexibility of having more options and when you're just starting out it doesn't matter because it's the technology is ahead of you and your capabilities mm, but yeah. then when you catch up to the technology 
and you can and you can like do this stuff very quickly very easily then it's like okay i need something that is more that allows me to do more because now i'm thinking of doing more because now i can do this much and now i and now i start thinking of all the other things i can do yeah but you have to climb that hill first yeah. like you have to like really struggle through and, and get to that thing yeah. and i find that like i don't know i think it's just my impatience mm-hmm. i think i think i'm I, i'm so i'm i'm so frantic every day like in my head of, about all the things that I'm behind on. You talk about the technology is, is already ahead of you. My ideas are ahead of me. Right. And the things that I want to do are way ahead of me. Right. So, so I feel like if I, if I have to stop and, well, I have to stop, but like if I have to, if I have to learn how to edit, right, video, it's, it's going to inevitably take away some of my time and energy from, from other things. Because I have a friend, right, one of my very like, best friends, I, she lives downstairs from where I am, right? And I've I've been watching her learn how to edit videos over the last few months, just on her own, because she's a, she's a painter, and she's been she's been publishing just videos of herself painting and and and, and talking about her work, and right. you know, just in order to do that, she's had to learn some basic video editing and just kind of like take it up a notch and up a notch. And let me tell you, she like like I'll check in with her, let's say. At, at 8 p.m. and be like, what have you been up to all that? She's like, I've been editing since 6 a.m. I've just been sitting editing, 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 editing all day. And she, she, she'll she like, she'll be making a five minute video and only get like to about like, like three minutes in for the whole day because she, she has to go Google and figure out how to do something, whatever. And I, I hear that and I'm just like, a whole day? You know what happened in my life in a day? <laughs> but with that right there, she not just editing. That is... That is therapy for her. That whole process of editing her her stuff is therapy for her. She it it is it is it is feeding a need that she probably didn't know she had. Mm. And now that she has discovered this process of editing, it's like okay, now I can. <laughs> it's like you can, you can you, because because it works like that too, right? Um, it's like when I I do like ten million things in one day. Um, but there's always the one activity that I find that I could just sit down for two hours and do, and it changes the entire um, vibe for the day. What is that for you? It is, it's, it's one of two things. It's either reading, um, and reading uh, nonfiction or poetry. Oh, we've never talked about poetry. Huh? We've never talked about poetry. Well, we I didn't know you were into poetry. Somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those two things. Or it's designing something. Like fixing the website. Because, you know, so like we have a film festival coming up. We have to get films. We have to do, there's a lot of work that, that is involved in any of this type of stuff. And doing any of those little mundane tasks outside of whatever it is that has my brain going is what helps. So if I, if I took a different life, life path and I learned how to be a carpenter or a mason or a painter or somebody like that, mm-hmm. that's what I would be doing to like cut through the other stuff <laughs> that, that is going on. So yeah. it's, it's like for me, to, I need something that is manual, that needs attention. Mm. And for me to give it that yeah. so that I could get out of my head. 
because I could spend the entire day in my head work, mm. working on whatever it is I'm working on. So. so I like that whole idea of like something that's manual and that requires your your attention to like yeah. the details. And I think that's what it is with my friend too, because I I learned something about her the other day that um, when she was like in her early twenties or something, she had a job. Um, putting together books at a printery and she's from Colombia mm-hmm. and she, they, I don't know, this is like a big printery and like she, it was almost like a factory line kind of thing where her and a bunch of other girls would have to literally like fit pages together to, mm-hmm. to print books over and over and over and over and over. So all day she just spent like, like fitting sheets of paper into, into whatever template or something like that. And you have yeah. to count all the sheets and you get paid, you get paid based on how many sheets you assemble or something like that. And mm-hmm. just the level right. of detail and the level of, of, of accuracy that you need in order to do that. Yeah. The faster you can, right. you, can, you can assemble things and the more accurate, the less mistakes you make, and so, the more money you can make. And she right. was really, really good at that. And she was like one of the best of it. Like it's really, I was like, how do you, how do you just, how do you do that? You know? And uh, I, I realized that was probably one of the things that m- makes her, because I, I, I've watched her as well. Like for instance, she will, she will spend the entire day in the hot blazing sun painting a mural. If you see, she's a tiny little bird-like thing. Right? She's a little tiny girl. And she will stay all day painting a massive mural in the middle of town. And like all sorts of stuff happening around her and she's just laser focused in on it and just is, she it's the physical energy and the kind of you kind of have to get into the zone of it mm-hmm. and like hearing about things like that i think that kind of helped to discipline her and help to kind of train her to doing those little manual kind of things so i see that and now i'm like of course you can of course you have the stomach to learn video editing because what what what, what other thing takes as much like attention right. and tactile kind of focus as, as right. video editing right. Right. Yeah, there's, there's, I've learned that there's, there's, a, there's a, there's something about that process of <laughs> spending time to do something that is manual, mm. at least for people like me who are, you know, who are usually focused on the bigger picture all the time. It's good to get in and do the little fine detail type things at time. So like someone like her, she's an artist, right? So she's thinking conceptually all the time mm. or for the most part around the art and then there's the granular manual part of actually creating it mm. and so it allows you to get out your head yeah so, i see yeah. the benefits in that because because that, that's what i have to do all the time is think broad because mm. i have to always be thinking about so many different people and, and what they're doing in order to create one product like a dozen people have to be involved and they're all doing different things and i have to f- yeah find a way to make all of that kind of come together. Right. Everybody has to talk the same language. I have to kind mm-hmm. of be the go-between between all of it. So so I don't get as much time. I don't get, I really get time. I really get time to do a thing. Um, so like I, we've kind of gotten into the whole thing already, but I wanted to start with, um, I guess you, you're just telling me how, how did you get involved in like, first of all, first of all, how do you introduce yourself? Like, <laughs> I, I am Ramola and I'm a what? I'm, so let me tell you, I always, I always talk about you as my producer. I always say that. Uh-huh. I say, oh yeah, my producer in New York, my producer, because I'm talking about our experience with Jeb. 
Right. That's kind of how I see you, and I like that. I like, I like <laughs> calling you my producer. Well, you I I usually don't introduce myself as anything. I would just say I'm Romola. Leave it at that. Oh, like like share like a brand like that's it. I'm nah, that's just nah, nah, nah. <laughs> no. Um. So usually the context, sometimes the context would require that I say. Um, but if it doesn't, I don't say anything. I just, I just leave it to that and then see where the conversation goes. And then depending on where it goes, that will determine how much more of myself I reveal. Uh, so, you, so you're saying that um, sometimes the context depends on, so the, the context requires you to introduce yourself as different things based on. Well, so listen, I'm, I am, um, so I'm a Leo, right? And every single thing I read about Leos, is that they love the spotlight, they have huge egos, and they are great leaders, and all of this stuff, right? I'm an anti-Leo. In, <laughs> in the ways that people are Leos, like I'm not a typical Leo. Um, so I actually have, um, I actually, and maybe it's also my legal training, I just, only give information that I think is necessary. Anything else comes out if it has to. <laughs> oh, I, I, Except I feel like maybe I need to train um, that way because I feel like I overshare all the time. Well, so then I do overshare at times. In personal relationships, sometimes I overshare. Um, and that's my balance. So I have like a public outward facing thing and an inward facing thing. And my outward facing is you get, you get just enough. And in and inwardly, I'm I have learned to to open up to open up more, mm. and, and sometimes too much, but you know I'm working on that. It's all about balance. Um, but if I had to say who who you know like who I am or what I do, I would say I don't even know. <laughs> so I, I would like say an attorney, yeah. and then I would say I. So, because that's usually the easiest thing for people to identify with. So, I would say that. that and then I would say something along the lines of, and I work in film. Um, I keep it vague. Okay. Um, because even though what I mostly do is produce, mm. I produce films, I produce festivals, I produce whatever. Mm. That's what I mostly do. Um, um. But I haven't, I haven't started saying yet that I'm a producer. Really? What, what 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 do you need to see in order to to make yourself a, a producer? Because I, um, I, mean, I, I don't I nothing. It's just I just it's, it's, an award. it's it's a it's a reluctance on my part to claim something that I am still working through. Uh, right. So, I mean, I have no problem claiming I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an attorney because I went to school, I got a piece of paper, and I've been doing it for how long? now 14 years since i graduated uh -huh. so i don't have no problem claiming that but being a producer is something that i'm a little slower to like but don't you have producer credits yeah um, i do i do what else do you need it's out there I don't, need anything. World. It's, I don't care about the world outside it's <laughs> it's about it's about how, how i am it's about how i engage with what i do mm. and i still see myself on a on the learning curve I, I still see myself there. So while I'm there, I'm going to say that I produce, but I probably wouldn't say I'm a producer. Yeah. 
differences. I see the, I see the difference. I see. This reminds me of, um, of, do you know Alan Watts? He's a... Uh, no. Like, I, I guess he's a philosopher or whatever, right? And okay, so I've heard of him, yeah, yeah. He talks about, um, he has this really cool analogy where he says, you know, a lot of us are like raindrops wanting to be the sea. You know, like you're a raindrop and you are tormenting yourself going, yeah, but I'm just a raindrop. I want, what I want to be is the sea. I want to be the ocean. I want to be the sea. And it's like, you look at that raindrop and go, right. what do you think the sea is made of? Like, you right. are it. That is it. You are right. you're a raindrop. You're part of the cycle of the ocean and of the water on the earth. You are that thing. And that, that I was meditating on that one morning as I was running. And like, it hit me. I was like, I've been, I've been running away from it, calling myself a filmmaker. And now this thing was like, oh, no, the films and everything else. But I'm just like, but I am. I'm a raindrop as a, I'm a raindrop filmmaker, I guess. But but right. that is what the sea is made of. It's made of everyday right. things that we're doing. You know? So that's kind of how I see yes. it. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm not gonna deny that. Um, yeah. Sorry. So I, I think I think what I see is that I am not an end result person. I don't really care what the end result is. So if the end result of what I'm doing is that I'm a producer, that's fine. Mm. I or I engage with more um, the process. Mm. I feel it. So I don't need the labels. I don't. In, in fact, I you know I have many many labels. Like if you start start with my labels, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. Um, but it's more about to me. It's more about the process and how I'm living. That matter. <laughs> um. So how did you how did you get interested in in carving the film and to this level and when did that start? Oh, yeah, right. So it didn't start <laughs> off at this level. Um, uh, it started off very simply. I was and I'm trying I, for the life of me. I can't remember what the movie was that I was looking at, but I was at the movies in New York, um, looking at some Hollywood blockbuster. And thinking, you know, why can't I see Caribbean people on the screen? I want to see them. I want to see the stories that come with Korea. I want to hear my accent on the screen. Why giving these people my money every single time? The story is the same thing. Like you could tell a Hollywood story. Something people good, something bad happens. Yeah. There's a whole big fight, and then you know, either yeah. the person comes out okay or they're dead. Yeah. It's one or the other. Happen the model, everything must, everything must happen on a certain page and thing and thing. Right. So, I mean, what makes the films exciting, what makes the Hollywood films exciting is that whatever set of circumstances they create for these people to deal with, right? That could make it interesting or maybe the special effects makes it interesting. So you could throw a wrinkle or two in there, but usually the stories are, it's cookie cutter stuff. Yeah. I got tired of it. So I, um, I was talking to a friend, Justin, and he was saying the same thing. That was like, why don't we, let me just do something. And then it was like, what? Um, so maybe we can find who is making films in the Caribbean and see if we could get their films to watch. Um, you can't really find anybody. But we found an online distributor and asked them if they would, if we could get a film from them. And they were like, yeah, and this is how much it's going to cost. And we were like, okay. So 
then we decided that we were going to start meet, meetup was the was the rage back then. We can start a meetup group and see if anyone else wants to at films with us. So we did that and we started uh, like a screening series. So then we had to go find a place. It just it just all happened very organically. So it's like as we thought of things, we we're like, oh, let's do this. So then we went to um, a store in Brooklyn that I used I, I used to go to a lot, a store called Nicholas. Um, and they, they sell all sorts of products for, for black people. Hair, skin, soaps, t-shirts, all this stuff. Cocoa butter, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, the incense, that type of store. Yeah. And she was like, sure, y'all can screw. I mean, we were asking her. She knew a place. She told us a place. And then before I left, I was like, but wait, can we do it here? And she was like, yeah, of course you could do it here. All I got to do is move my stuff out of the way. We, I have a screen. We could put it up. Yeah. And we had a projector. And that was it. And so we were like, okay, we, we're going to do it here. So then we went back. We started a meetup group. Um, people joined. We had like a like hundred people join in like two days. Wow. When was this? And again? we said, huh? When was this again? What was that? When? 2012. Okay. Yeah. Well, it started in 2011. So the all of these ideas and things started in 2011. Um, because we started, so then we started, then we said, okay, so we need to have a name. We're like, what are we doing? Um, so we call ourselves Caribbean Film Academy. Um, and to this day, people think that academy means school. Yeah. But we were modeling academy after the, after the film academy. Ah, okay. Like, um, you know, that gives all the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. <laughs> so... Um, so we did that and we got my stepson to design a little logo for us. Um, <laughs> Is that what do you have now still? No. Oh. We're on our, we're on our second logo, I think. Actually, actually maybe our third logo, the couple. Okay. Um, and he did that. And then we organized a screening in Meetup and we had it at, at this place and we, like, 50 people came. 50 it was the biggest. Honestly, it was the biggest screening that we had. Yeah. Huh? 52 people. And we, so then we called the series um, Cinema Nights. So you can, you can... Yeah, yeah. So we did that for a year. And then we kept doing it. And while we were doing that, we would meet filmmakers and we would show their films and we would ask them what they do with their films after, you know, they come out to the festivals and stuff like that. They, they were like, we don't really have anything to do with them. So then we started Studio Nancy. Um, we used, it used to be a Nancy Studios. And then we were talking to someone about a logo design and he came up with a logo design like on the spot. And the way that he made the design it looked like it said studio nancy so we were like oh that's actually cool <laughs> that sounds better than nancy studios so then we switched the name to studio nancy <laughs> nice. um and i mean it's 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 it was all organic so we do that i we started a blog where we would where we would research film festivals that were showing caribbean films and write about them and 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 by just but just by doing those three activities we started to meet people and in meeting people, we started to develop relationships. And in developing relationships, things started to grow until um, Jason in Miami, uh, Third Horizon Media in Miami, heard, heard about us and sent me a friend request on Facebook. And this is how these things work. He sent me a friend request on Facebook. And I was like, who's this guy? Well, okay, so I accepted this friend request. And then he was like, we just made a film 
it got accepted into TIFF. You're going to TIFF and then I'm going to Trinidad and Tobago Film Festival. Are you going to be there? Because I want to, I want to link up with you. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be there. So, you know, so we met at TTFF and that was it. We hit it off on the entire festival. You know what, you know what Trinidad and Tobago Film Festival yeah, is like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your vibes. Once you have Jinky, um, once you have that party, it's like, yo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, that, and that year there was like a bunch of us there. A, bu- a bunch of us meaning myself and Justin and Jason and then filmmakers who, who we had made friends with over the years. And we all met at the festival that year and it was lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the, time. Beauty, the beauty of, 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 of events like that, that just bring everybody from their, their different corner together and you realize, like, even though we're all kind of scattered in different places and doing different things, we're all the same. We all have the same obsession, the same right. passions, the same questions, the same ambition, right. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. And it's always good to find a community like that. So we found our tribe and um, we came back to the States and Third Horizon had applied for a grant to do a film, a Caribbean film festival in Miami. We so far had been unsuccessful in trying to do a festival in New York and it frankly was beyond our resources. And so he was like, we're filmmakers, we're creatives. We don't really know anything about putting on a festival. You all been doing this, so can we work together and put on a festival in Miami? And I was like, sure. And that, that's, that was it. And now we are where we are. Mm. Um, four years into into this, and, and just it's just. But it's okay. It's all point for the experience, I guess. <laughs> um, no, the, the the emergence of a legacy, no, because because you said you're four years in, and I think that you guys have been doing really impressive work, and uh, I, I mean, okay, so four so four years, and. Uh, what would you say? What would you say has been your your impact? What have you What have you accomplished so far? I mean, I know you still have lots that you want to do, but if you to look back objectively at the four years, wow. what would you say? How like? I mean, yeah. wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, I mean, I think I could. Okay, so first and foremost, I would say is that beyond ourselves, we have, we have sort of crafted a community of people who really vibrant, right? So between Jason and I, we know so many, we have met and, know, and have become friends. So it's not just meeting people, right? Because you could meet people and it's fly by night type of stuff. But we've met and become friends with so many creatives, filmmakers, artists, you know, creatives from all walks of life that enrich um, Caribbean creatives, that we are, we are learning how to, you know, bring what they have to offer to everyone else. So if I could, if I could describe something as an impact, I would say it would be, you know, um, introducing the world and other Caribbean people to Caribbean people, to Caribbean creatives. So that's, that's definitely one thing I would say. And, and mind you, like I said, just like with you and I, you know, once we, once we meet with people and we vibe with them, they become a part of, they become a part of our community, they become a part of our group. They, they become, you know, family, for lack of a better way of saying it. Even looking at how 
the organization itself. So now we've merged. So now Third Horizon Media and CAFA have merged and we're calling the organization Third Horizon. What started out as four people has now grown to 12 or 13 people. And we're all volunteers. Nice. We're all volunteers. And everyone has a day job. They're either an artist or they work for an arts organization or they work for themselves. They're freelance somehow. But they all like feel drawn to this to the work that we're doing and want to give their time to it and they do in massive ways in ways that we can't even like you know we can't even quantify and 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 we tend to not have people around us who who are not on that same wavelength but really they just want to give back and support and so i would say i guess another impact would be in in providing an opportunity for people who want to be a part of a community that is organized around supporting Caribbean artists, um, an opportunity to do that. Um, we can't pay because we don't get paid because for us, this is like a labor of love. Mm -hmm. And so, although we are working on trying, because you know, you can have this volunteer situation for a while, but you can't, you can't build it fully um, make your organization capable of doing all the things it can do just mm -hmm. on volunteer, just mm -hmm. on volunteer effort. Um, and so we are working to, to get the organization, to get it sustainable, mm -hmm. sustainably funded. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that would be what I would say another impact is and having Third Horizon Film Festival be named as one of the 25 coolest film festivals in the world. I really? I didn't know that. That's really awesome. Yeah, by Movie Maker Magazine, which does this ranking every year. Okay. Um, so having, having yeah, having it having gotten that that as a as a little nod is good because um it's Caribbean films that we show. Um and so you know, raising the profile of the films and the filmmakers is going we're hoping will have an impact on the industry. So I've seen this in my, in my work, right? In my day-to-day -day work where we are a local agency, right? Marketing agency. And typically people here will, uh, we're the first of our kind. I mean, there are other people who do creative work, but in terms of like a full-on agency with like several studios and a marketing team and a, and a traffic team and a AV team and that like properly set up that way, we're the first of that kind in St. Kitts. And so a lot of people don't fully know how to relate to us. What often happens to me, and this all the time, people come up to me and they go, who did you guys fly in to shoot those things? Right. And I go, see my team right over there, see them there, all low, you know? And um, people, people they're, they're so accustomed to, to going elsewhere, right? To shoot stuff and whatever. What makes our work stand out and what makes people, like what makes us so sought after here is because we, not just because we produce good work, but because we have the context, the local context. Now you live in, in the Caribbean and you hire a, a, a cinematographer from the UK to fly down here and shoot something. Yeah, he's going to produce a, a good piece of work, you know, because he's probably been operating on that high industry level for whatever. But he's not going to understand the nuances of, of catching Caribbean people when they when they point, when they point with a mouth. Uh, just the little kind of intricacies that make us who we are. Right. Um, so when we get to tell our own story, 
we can tell it in the most authentic way and we can tell it in ways that honor us and, and not necessarily are with like a foreign lens that doesn't fully understand who we are. Exactly. So exactly. that's what I love about it. Exactly. Yeah. Which is why we love, you know, we're niche. We only care about the Caribbean. A lot of people get into film and get into distribution or exhibition of film and stuff like that. And, and they want to reach the widest audience possible. So they, so they want Caribbean films, they want African films, they want Indian films, they want, they want the whole shebang. Mm. And they want to include all of that in the mix of what they offer. Um, and for us, nah. Mm. It's just Caribbean. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't mention another one of your, um, another part of your impact. It's right in front of you. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, because... because no, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, the film project, right. <laughs> how, did we, yeah. how did we meet, right? It was, it was to the yes. film project, Caribbean film project. And yeah. um, I remember, like, I just, saw, I just saw it somewhere online. I didn't, as always, like, I was just busy doing my own thing, but I saw... Um, a film contest and I, I forgot about it. I just saw it and I, like, I guess I made a note to myself and I, I, I forgot about it until either the night it was due or the night before it was due. And I got the notification on my phone saying, you know, the, the film project is due. And I was like, uh, I don't even know if I'm going to do Like, fine, whatever. Let me just, how do I write a screenplay? And I literally Googled that and I just, I, I wrote this quick little thing and, and submitted it and Never thought about it until months and months and months later. In fact, you guys had sent me an email and I didn't see it un until a while because I You're right. I mean, <laughs> we're trying to reach you. What's up with this dude? Can I tell you that by the way, and I know that you know me, you, you probably could attest to this that that is the perfect way to meet me is to be trying to reach me for a while and like you can't get through. That that process, I I, I can safely say, I mean, I I don't know what would or would not have happened. Um but I can safely say that doing the film project definitely um, it, 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 it springboarded me into filmmaking and it, it forced me to kind of realize something that I already had, that I always had inside of me. Because, um, and I was, I was remembering the story about how I, um, the first play that I ever wrote and directed was when I was like 12 or 13 years old um, in church. And, and, and I, will, I remember like going through the entire process of mm. auditioning the actors and, 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 and giving them their blockings, and, which I didn't know what I was doing at the time. Right, um, right. So I'd always been interested in it, but never claimed it or recognized it in myself. Mm -hmm. and having to go through the process, because after the film was, was selected, um, we had the, the, our writing coaches or... Um, L. John and that kind of thing. Right. I did, and L. John was, was an experience, yo. Like, <laughs> right. no, I need to hit her up again. That was such an experience. L. John was like, was like, um, was like a, like a coach. You know what I mean? Like, she's like, no, you cannot write like this. You have to do it like this way. You have to remember the thing. And, 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 and you have to apply yourself and you really have to show up for the process. Like, I remember one time she really like, she dragged all of my edges because I was just, I don't know, I was, I was dragging my feet and I wasn't really applying myself to, to, the, to doing the edits the way I, you know. And also, I didn't really like the idea of having to edit my work according to somebody else's guidance. I didn't, I was, <laughs> and also it was a new process for me of screenwriting. This process of screenwriting was mm -hmm. so different from anything I'd written before. And I remember Elton just snatched me up one day. She snatched me the hell up. She said, look, nobody is asking you to be here. 
nobody calls you, nobody's forcing you to make films. The people who are making films, we are, we are a set of driven, highly motivated people. Um, we're not waiting for anybody to give us permission. We're not waiting for anybody to motivate us. We're not waiting for anybody to, to, um, to make us show up in the way that we have to. We show up because this is our passion and this is what we want to do. So if this is not what you want to do, I'm not wasting my time with you. I'm not wasting my time. You have to show up and you have to like, this is the work, this is the work. And that just got me together. I was like, yo. And um, I, I think since that talk, honestly, I've, 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 I've approached my work in a different way. And I don't even know if she, if she, I've never, I don't think I've ever told her that, that how much impact that talk had on me. I should really tell her. Um, it would be really good to tell her that. Yeah, yeah. And just going through the going through the, the, the whole process and getting getting to getting to 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 the point of actually shooting Jeb, right? Um, getting on getting on set, and I'll never forget the, the this moment when you know I mean Jeb was a whole thing, right? It took a couple of years just to get on set, and we're finally on set. We're finally in Nevis. Everything is assembled, you know. Like I was also in producer mode because I had to pull all these things together and stuff. We're on set. This is the night of shooting, and I'm kind of like in this because I had gotten so accustomed to just like organizing things and pulling all these things together that I guess I had forgotten or just didn't really grasp the fact that like my work here is 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 as the director. No, mm -hmm. like no, is actually like I have to direct this thing. And uh, <laughs> you said to me, "All right." take control of your set. <laughs> and I was like, shit, this is real. Like, no, no, I have to like actually do the work of directing this thing. Like, what? <laughs> and, and that was just such a, that was such a, a life giving moment for me. Mm -hmm. Because, because it, it, it pushed me into myself, into, 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 and I, and, and I, and I really got a taste of, of, I mean, I'd been doing directing in, in different ways before, but, but fully showing up on set now where you have people who are all assigned to do what they're supposed to do and everybody is looking to me as the director. It just switched on something in me. And, and I realized like that was who I am and that was what I wanted. That's what I'd have always wanted to do. And right. if, if, I, if I had not gone through the process and, and had the support and the kind of guidance and um, benefited from the vision that, that you guys had, I, I wouldn't have, I don't know that I would have experienced all of that. I mean, maybe it would have happened in some other way, it might have happened, it might have taken much longer. It, it, I, I just don't know how it would have happened because I wouldn't have had the kind of motivation. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had so many people depending on me to, 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 to justify all the time that they're spending on me. You know, right. like Eljan was very, very like, she's like, I'm a busy person. I'm taking hours out of my day and my week to sit here and guide you and coach you, like show up and do what you have to do, you know? Right. So yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear, I'm glad, I'm actually glad to hear it. In terms of impact, I'm, you know, I wouldn't know this, you're telling me, so this is good. Um, and I, yeah, I definitely say, hit her up and let, and let her know. Yeah. She appreciate it. Yeah, maybe I should, I, should actually, um, I should actually interview her for this, you know, for behind the scenes. Um, so, so 
So your impact has been has been great so far, and I know it's going to be even more as you go forward. What what have been the the, the 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 challenges? Or I'm sure I'm sure there there must be points along the journey where I mean, were there points along the journey where you like I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if if um you know like certainly <laughs> for instance in shooting Jeb, I've had a bazillion. And still, sometimes I have moments where I just go, I, I, I just, I might as well go home and just do something else because this ain't working out. This is too difficult. This is too challenging. Why am I even here? Do you have moments like that? Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Um, it, and it's interesting you ask that question because I've never actually thought about it. But... Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't have those moments. Mm. Is it is it challenging? Yeah. Mm. Like, um, as an example, I, I am an attorney. I work for myself. So, and then I run Third Horizon, right? So on any given day, I have to decide where I'm spending my time. Because one is volunteer and one is money. Yeah. Um, and many days I find earning money losing to volunteering because that's where that's where the energy is going and it's why I can't keep a job and I had to start working for myself um, but so I would say you know they've been challenges in terms of being able to devote my full time and energy to the work that we do at Third Horizon um, which I haven't been able to do because I have to work um, so that I can earn money, so I can live. Um, so I think one of the biggest challenges has been how do I, how do, how do we get, you know, the work that we do in film to the point where this is what we're doing all the time. Because it's like, if we were able to accomplish this with giving not 100% of our time, 100% of our effort, but not 100% of our time, then what would happen if we're giving both 100% of our time and 100% of our effort? Like how much, more can we be doing mm. um so i would say that that's been the biggest challenge is finding that balance there yeah. but i don't even when things are because i'm doing what i love to do even when things are difficult i don't i, I don't want to quit because it's like i understand that difficulty is a part of the process mm. so i just okay so this is a challenge how are we gonna how are we gonna deal with it yeah um, and that's, that's, that's usually my approach is to look at every challenge or obstacle that comes up as an opportunity to learn and to do something differently. Like I've observed you to be a really good leader, right? Okay. I definitely saw that during the production of Jeb. I, I find that you're very like emotionally aware and sensitive, but also, um, focused <laughs> and uh, um, clear and decisive and that kind of thing. I mean, like, how do you, how did you learn how to lead so well, especially like creative people? Because cre I think leading creative people is a little bit different from leading, leading, I mean, everybody's creative, but like people who do creative work for a living, right? Uh -huh. um, tend to be a bit more what? I know I'm generalizing, but like a bit more emotionally sensitive mm -hmm. and volatile. Um, everybody has ideas. People sometimes are attached to, the, to, to, to their ideas. They're going to feel away if you don't go with the idea. 
um, right. somebody isn't feeling 100 today, you might get a different level of work from them than you did yesterday. Um, all that stuff. How do you, like, what's your, what are your keys to, to creative leadership? <laughs> that's, that's the question. Um, <laughs> um, I offered to send you these questions before, you know, you said I don't need to. <laughs> that's good. I'm glad you did it. I didn't get to think about them. I'm thinking about them now. So my, my answer is, is going to be what it, what I, what I think. Yeah. Um, honestly, it is something I learned um, by doing. So I didn't, even though I, so I started um, Caribbean Film Academy, myself and Justin, we started it. But we were also the only people that were working for it. So I was my boss and my employee same time. Yeah. And so by learning how to organize myself and hold myself accountable for whatever it is that I say that I'm going to do, that was the start of it. Then when I started working with, with other people, it came down, it, then I had to draw on like life itself. So it's, to me, it's all about self-awareness. The more time you spend learning and understanding yourself and understanding who you are, the more you can relate to people, the, the more you will treat people the way you treat yourself. Wow. And so it's like, yeah. I find in a lot of instances where people are not good bosses, let's say they get angry, they feel, you know, they get threatened when, they're, when, they're, when their people are shining and doing better than them and stuff like that. Those people have some internal work, some inner work to do mm. on themselves. And until they do that work, they're going to be the way that they are, right? So it, that, to me, that's what it comes down to. It's like doing your inner work, identifying what your issues are and, and dealing with them so that you're not putting them on anyone else. Mm. And creating the space that anyone who's in, your, who's, who's in that space feels like they can be themselves and they're not being judged. Um, and they're not un, unmatched or unrealistic expectations of them. Mm. And they, like, I find that people do their best under those circumstances when they, when they are constantly fed and they're constantly mot motivated themselves. The, the motivation is not external, it's internal. Mm. Um, to want to do what, to want to work with you and to want to be a part of what you're doing. Mm. Um, and when that type of energy is around me, I, I have to honor it, right? So if someone is going to give me their time that they could be using to do something else because we're all volunteers, right? Everyone is, is working. They have children. They have families. They have lives that they want to live. They're creatives. They want time to create. But they give me that time. Mm -hmm. That is like, that's like, you know, the Cain and Abel story when Abel gave of his flock in sacrifice mm -hmm. to God. That's what I see. Like, like when someone gives me their time, I know what that, what that time is. And I know that how valuable it is. So I respect it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I would say that, that it starts from inner work. And, and I would say that, in, you know, you're talking about that vibe that we're talking about. Everyone that we work with is like that. They're all on this journey of self-awareness. Some of them are there already. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of people, that's how they approach everything that they do. So again, we vibe. And because we do, you know, people don't feel threatened. They don't, they don't take things personally. Um, when conflicts arise, you know, people talk to each other. There's no, there's no burying it and then 
acting passive aggressively and all of that stuff. Like mm. all of that stuff has been rooted out. Oh. I wouldn't even say rooted out. We didn't have to deal with it. That's that's so awful. I hear I hear the I hear the internal work. Um, but I also hear that a lot of it has to do with the context and the and the environment that you've created as well because right. you said that when people are giving you their time it, it, it sort of helps to characterize the way that you relate to them right. um, I don't think that that, that 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 I think that you probably relate to people that way anyway but I've, I'm, I'm sort of relating it to my own experiences and you know working working within a company structure right mm -hmm. so i think i have I, I think my perspective as having to be like creative director of, a, of like a marketing agency and having to deal with client deliverables and deadlines and and all that kind of stuff and it's a high pressure high stakes environment mm -hmm. and there is failure there's real failure at stake you know i have to answer to clients i have to i have to i have to i have to direct an entire agency of people one multiple team to create one product, present that to a client who's spending their money, and uh, um, the client has to have to, has to get what they want. They also have to get more than what they were expecting. Um, right. The team had I, I have to deliver a success for the entire team because because people look at the team as one. So so open interactive created this we you know this the company created this is who we are so i'm carrying the burden of 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 how the company is received our our um sustainability because because very much in this industry you're as good as your last performance right so people are constantly looking at the quality of the work and it's now become so much more competitive that we have to be outshining other people so i have to not just focus on creating work but creating work that is better than other people's work in a way we are our quality has to be better the 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 creativity and originality of the work that we do always has to stand out it always has to justify the money that we're charging people all of these things so within that environment um you know yeah it's it's great to cultivate um it's one we, we do operate on alignment because very much the people who who work with us are very much we have similar ideals and that kind of thing right but you get in an environment like that and sometimes you know i have to pressure people i have to do that i have to i have to place high expectations on people i have to let them know that that you're not just here to 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 to, to play around and think this is real stuff that we're doing um you, what what you do affects other people the, the rest of the team so i have to kind of you know sometimes drag people up and color you i have to kind of really be tough sometimes um i have to be approachable and i have to be i have to be someone that people trust they have to feel like they can come to me um ask me questions and and that kind of thing but at the same time you know <laughs> and this is this kind of has, this has happened um this has happened unintentionally because I, I never, I never asked to, to, to be in that position. Like how I became, how I got into this job was I just was talking to the principals one day and they said, it sounds like you're a creative director, write yourself a job description and start on Monday. And I was like, really? And then like within a week I had the keys to the company vehicle. Like I, they, they popped off somewhere to Trinidad and I 
I had to manage a team of people I, I didn't know. So I've had to learn a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there's a bit of a, like, <laughs> there's a kind of a reputation almost. Like one of my friends um, visited the agency once and uh, um, he was walking around and meeting the different teams and stuff and just kind of looking over people's shoulder. And then he came up to me afterwards and said, Cleon, what have you done to these people? <laughs> he said, he said, um, he, he'd be in a room, what, you know, like in the art room and, and the designers are there working and stuff and somebody would come by and see that and <laughs> be like, yo, Cleon, see that? Make sure Cleon don't see that, you know? Because Cleon, he don't like, Cleon don't like gradients, you know? And he, he, he coming back in the hour, make sure he don't see that. <laughs> like, they have this kind of like, ugh. Um, so anyway, so I'm saying all that to say that like, I, 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 with Twin Island though, Twin Island is a, is a different kind of makeup because I realized that with Twin Island, I, I, don't, I don't want that. I don't really want the environment to have, the, the, to have those stakes and to have so much external accountability that I have to kind of give up some of the things that I would rather not, rather do versus not do um, mm-hmm. and represent an external interest. Mm-hmm. Whereas like with Twin Island, um, so far, We've been, we've been working based on like really good partnerships. So there's a partnership that you and I have, right? right. Where we're, we're, um, we're screening things. But if I have to produce something, right? I can, I, can, I can call up my favorite writer and be like, yo, I have a gig for you, you know? I could call mm-hmm. up my favorite DP and be like, yo, I have a really cool gig for you, you're interested. And we come together based on, based on a genuine interest in that project. Because they will tell me no sometimes. They'll go, nah, I don't really want to do that. And uh, check me again, another thing. So we'll come together based on those that, that shared interest because we all have a, a passion for whatever, whatever we see the coolness in what we're creating. And because we're not constantly working right. together all the time, because we don't, we don't always have these high stakes, high pressure, we, we, we can, we can right. appreciate each other more, appreciate the moment, appreciate the time that we're spending um, we're all interested in the project right. and the outcome of it. So I right. don't have to be, I don't have to pressure people in that same way. And I don't have to, you know, do that kind of thing. So I think the environment has a lot. How you right. cultivate and, the environment. Right. And that is the work environment that we have because we're all doing this because this is what we want to do. It's not anyone's job. Yeah. It's not a job. It's, yeah. it's, it's we're all doing that. Mm. That's, that. That's really what it is. But there's something I've been wanting, and I know this is going over the time, so we'll, we'll, we'll finish soon, but there's something I've been wanting to talk about for a while, and that's money. Uh-huh. Yeah. What about it? Yeah, <laughs> what about it? I mean, uh, so I know, that, I know that you're a non-profit, right? Uh-huh. And you alluded to it earlier that, like, yeah, you know, you're in this for, for, for giving. You have a, a deeper purpose than just making money. Uh-huh. But... How do how do filmmakers in the Caribbean make money? Because like one of, the things, one of the things I pride myself on, and why I like I like calling myself a filmmaker, even though <laughs> even though I haven't um, I don't have a film out with my name on it just yet, um, working on it. But I I am engaged in the business of filmmaking every single day. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, I'm I'm on a set. We're producing video content all the time. I'm always making. So, you know, yeah, I'm making commercials, but we're also making short films about projects that the client's doing and that kind of thing. And it is a work environment and we're getting paid every month to do this. So right. I kind of, I, I, I sort of pride myself on the fact that like, yeah, 
I'm a working filmmaker and I make money through the business of film every day. And I have a whole team of people who are making money through the business of film. I mean, it's a different kind of thing, mm -hmm. but we are all filmmakers who are gainfully employed. Um, how do we, how do we make, make a labor of love um, fruitful in a monetary sense as well as, you know, passion? How does that happen? Because... Ah. <laughs> That, that is the, that's a million dollar question, but I'll say this, right? <laughs> um, you have to play the long game, not the short game. And you have to be strategic. Um, so <laughs> you have to have talent because a lot of people make films, but a lot of people are not talented filmmakers. They're filmmakers. And so there's a difference. Um, and so you have to recognize where you fall in that. Are you a filmmaker or are you a talented filmmaker? Like, do you, is there some extra special thing that you got that makes you unique? And most people think that they're talented, but the market does not, like you can also rely on market forces to inform your understanding of yourself. Yes. <laughs> so market will give you feedback. You, you yeah. need to take that in. But for talented filmmakers, so, well, for filmmakers, let's, let's say in the group that, that we, we're considering not, not necessarily talented, you can make money off, off, of, off of your work. You, if you understand what people like and you are able to give it to them. So um, you will be creative in the ways in which you communicate your ideas and in your films. And, you know, networking, finding people who and networking can be good and bad right so you can you can meet people and you can find people who will say yeah 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 you know your stuff is great i'll take it you see nothing you hear nothing so you you definitely do meet unscrupulous business people who could take advantage of you but i think ultimately it's the long game that you have to play you have to build up to being able to earn money you have to be clear about what your vision is for yourself as a filmmaker mm. and there are different types so you have tyler perry for example, who started off with plays. He used to have these plays, they toured all around the United States and he gathered a humongous audience of all of his characters in his plays. It was popular culture type stuff. People loved it. They came out to the plays in, in large numbers. So when he switched to, to film, it was like, boom. All those people now started looking at his movies. Yeah. You gotta do something like that. You gotta find a way to engage with people on a, on, you have to grow your audience that you're building um, yourself. You have, to, you, you, have to get, you have to get a critical mass of people interested in your work. And that doesn't happen with one film or two films. Mm. It, happens, it happens over time. Or it could happen with one film if you have some kind of amazing idea mm -hmm. um, and you get people hooked on that early enough, mm. right? Um, but that's what you have to do. And then when you do have that piece of work, that is a bankable piece of work that you can act, that you can do something with, that people are interested in, you know, people with money are interested in and they want to do something with it. And even then you still have to play a long game because unless you're snapped up by some Hollywood production company to direct a film or make something like that, the smaller people are not gonna have the money to pay you for what, for what you did. So they're going to offer you a deal and that deal is going to be, give us your film and we'll 
split the we'll split the revenue with you. You get some of it, we get some of it. And so you have to do that, right? So you have to you have to build up your content, you have to build up your craft. You have to you have to be a student of the craft. You have to become better as a filmmaker every time you make a film. You have to amass an audience as you're going along. Um, and then you have to play the long game. Like the money's not gonna come right away. It's going to come over time. And if you, and if you know the type of stories you wanna tell and you come, become very good at telling them and you build your audience around them, they're gonna support you. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's kind of like record, it's, it's kind of like music, right? In the past, you know, everyone would be singing their songs and hoping for a record label to find them, snap them up, sign them, and then give them all this money to make records and then they become rich. The film world is not anything, is not anything similar, but, but there are people who are career musicians who never get signed to any big label, but they make a living on music just by playing in local venues around the country, smaller audiences. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, it's a completely different business model and you can earn a very, very good living yeah. just functioning in that way. So similarly with film, you have the model, you get, you get snapped up by a Hollywood company or something like that, or you can figure out what works in your local area and you can work that. Mm. And mm. You, can, you can make a living off of selling your stuff. Mm. Find your angle and work it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Find your angle and work it and play the long game. Yeah. And don't expect that one or two films will get you where you, where you need to get. You, if this is something that, that you want to do, if you want to make a living off of it, you have to be persistent and consistent and work on your craft. Mm. And then you have a good team around you. You know, you collect a team of people around you who can, who can give you the type of support that you need. Yeah. yeah. What makes a film good? It's a very subjective thing. <laughs> I realized as soon as I said it. <laughs> there are some elements that, you know, if you go to film school, there are some elements that need to be in a film. Like if you're going to tell a story, it should have the arc. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And your lighting needs to be on point, like the rules of lighting that, you know, that need to be there. And there's song rules that need to be there. Like you need to, you need to like have good song. Um, but it mostly comes down to the story. Um, uh, it mostly comes down to the story and, and how you are able and how people, how the people who are going to watch your story connect with it. Right. So that's so, so to me, it's all about the connection is what determines whether or not it's a good film. It's because I look at films, I look at some films and I'm like, that film is so much crap. There's a whole group of people on the other side over there that are looking at it and they're like, this is the best thing I've seen in a while. Mm. Right. So it's about story and it's about connection and then it's and then it's about the technical things like lighting and sound and acting and directing and, and all of those things i love how that stuff comes second <laughs> yes yeah um, and, and honestly you can you can tell when a filmmaker makes a film right and they are coming from the place that artists come from you know like the it's the creative energy that is that is making the film mm you can you can you can you can feel it it's palpable mm-hmm. and they don't have to have a lot of money they don't have a big crew they don't have anything you just watch the film and whatever emotional connection the filmmaker has with their subjects and with the story you feel it and that to me is what is a good film it, yeah. nothing else really matters 
yeah. It's that it's that connection. Yeah. There has to be that man, you know, there has to be some some level of I don't know, man. Some level objectivity. Of well, no, it's it's not even that. It's more so 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 just the fact that a director or a writer, anyone who's who's making a film, in the middle of all of the things that that happen around a film, right? The production process that can be so complicated and multifaceted, and so many things come together um, to make it you know, set and it's, it's it's so much chaos kind of happening around. Yet you're still able to 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 um to reflect that emotional connection to really to tell the story still because i think i think that's what happens a lot of the time right very often the execution of the film mm-hmm. can or, or whatever the work is can detract from the story and from the from the true nature of it because the lighting and the and the right. tone and all these things have to happen and then you just make a film and then you forget to to tell the story and to right. hit that note on the head and to really right. to get the right. thing from the actor that you really, really need and to, and to you know, whatever that thing is. Um, anyone who, who is able to do that in the middle of all of what's happening, I just find that to be remarkable and fascinating. Right, exactly, exactly. Because, yeah, because you know what it takes to make a film and you can easily get distracted with the, with the shininess of the final product and forget mm-hmm. that emotional connection. Yeah, and sometimes and all, it's one little thing. Sometimes it's right. a small thing that has to happen, but you forget that, and that's it. And um, off camera, because I, I, uh, and you, uh, or, or recording, don't, don't, don't share this. Don't share this, what I'm going to tell fine, you. Fine, fine. I'll keep <laughs> it until this point, so people can know what the hell is she talking about. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the films we opened up, Third Horizon with this year, we opened up the festival, and and this is this is something that we do, right? Um, we don't follow rules very well. Actually, you could say this. You you, you 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 could keep this. We don't follow rules very well. We do we do what feels right at the time that we're doing it, and 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 we're doing that from a place where we're, where we're all checking in with ourselves on whether or not it feels right, and if it feels right to us inside collectively. Yeah. Then we're doing it. So, mm. off again. <laughs> <laughs> um, the films opened up Third Horizon for this year. Those films are a perfect example of... So we opened up the festival with three short films instead of a feature film, which is what everyone does. Okay. But those three short films are a perfect example of what I mean by um, stories that capture emotion and share that with an audience in a way in which they can connect with it. All three of them. Wow. That filmmaker is amazing. And these are his first films. He's, he's never made any films. These are his first films. So it's one, it's one filmmaker and it's- One filmmaker and three films. From, wow. What are they? Uh, so they're, they're films about the Haitian, he's Haitian. And they're films about, and I don't know, I don't know if, I don't know if you've heard of these Haitians who left Haiti and they went to Brazil, I think, to work on a road. And then when they were done, they wanted to come to the United States, so they went to Mexico. And they're in Tijuana. So my battery's on 13, just letting you know. Okay, right. Uh, they were in Tijuana. And, right, waiting for their chance, went to the embassy and be processed to come here. And then Trump got elected. Ooh. 
stuck in Tijuana. So you have this community of Haitians having no to figure out how to live in Tijuana, in Mexico. And he basically went there. Two of the films were recorded there. But the way that he did it, like no one, you know, people would just come in with their cameras and they make a very objective story. Oh, this is, these are the people. And, and you can tell it's an outsider's gaze. Yeah. It's like you're completely immersed in the lives of these people. Completely immersed. And it, it makes perfect sense to tell the story that way. The third film was made in Cuba. There is a significant community of Haitians living in Cuba. And even though they're now into several generations and they speak Spanish, they're still Haitian. Mm. Again, amazing. Oh, that sounds really, really cool. And like the Caribbean, the Caribbean is, is, is filled with stories like that. Um, like even in St. Kitts, you know, we have a, we have a large population of um, uh, persons from Dom Rep. Right. And uh, we have a whole community to the point now where, where um, some national broadcasts have to have now a Spanish translation right. because of the size of the community. Right. And they're, they're all Kittishan because they, they, I don't know, um, generations back, Kittishans went over to, to Santo Domingo to work on plantations there and, um, and stayed there and, and had families and had all sorts of stuff, but still have connections over here. So you have people know, know that the situation is not so good over there. They're coming over to St. Kitts where they have roots. Right. And I mean, they have, they have grandparents and that kind of thing that live here, they're from here. Right, um, right. And we've had to sort of accommodate them in a way and, and think, and now what you're having is, is children going to school who, whose first language is Spanish. And how do they now relate to, the, to, to, to locals and how do we kind of accommodate them in our culture? Petitions are typically very xenophobic. We don't like foreigners, um, but we're having to kind of deal with them from a, from a policy level and from a cultural level as well. And therein lie so many stories that are just waiting to be told. Right. You know, yep. so, yep. so honestly, yep. <laughs> um, okay, well, last thing because you're on 13 percent now. Um, probably well, 11. <laughs> there you go, I guess, right? Uh, what, what are you working on now, and how is that going? <laughs> no, I knew that would be a big question for you because I know what you're working on. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, with the pandemic, we have. So we, we, we developed, last year, we developed a, a three-year strategic plan for the organization. With the pandemic, we have to revisit that strategic plan. So that's the biggest thing. Um, so right now, like on, on my plate right now is applying for grants so that we can get funding and we can have, a, a, because we're working towards a, an organization that is sustainably funded. Um, so that's the biggest thing, a grant. And, and having to apply for grants take is, is, is a is an immensely time-consuming activity because they want so much information and they want to make sure that you're going to manage their money the way that you should. So there's that. Um, and then we're working on the second iteration of the Caribbean Film Project, which we're going to call Third Horizon Forward. Um, oh, I love that. So we're working on developing that. Um, and we're working on really on turning Studio Nancy into a real distribution company. Like, we, you know, we've, we've, we've been sort of 
at the same place for the past few years, mm. um, slowly growing the library and slowly growing our relationship with filmmakers and slowly growing our capability to do more with the content that we have. So this, so we're really going to put now with the with the grant funding that we're applying for, we're gonna try we're gonna try to apply for some grant funding to use to build this out some more and and go after real um, opportunities for distributing films from the filmmakers um, whose films we, we carry. Okay. Oh, screen or anything, and also a live stream screening of, of, of the newest film that we're releasing through Anansi. Um, it was amazing uh, to experience that, that, live, that live cast yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're going to be planning a few more of those. They take a lot of work, too. It's just like producing a live event. Yeah. Lord. But um, it's fun. And to see and to, and to have the level of interaction that we had and to see all the comments um, from people who, who tuned in. Mm -hmm. And we had people tuning in from all over the world. It was nice. It was I'm really glad. I'm really glad that it went well. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. That's, that, that's so excellent to know. Um, is the Q and I mean, another film wouldn't be like, but is the Q and A available online or is the? Yeah, we we're gonna we're gonna take down the live stream today and and edit the Q and A and 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 put it back up. And the film is available still on the site. You can watch it for free for this until next Saturday. Okay. Um, so you can just go to the Studio Nancy website mm -hmm. and click on it, and it's and you can watch it. Okay, excellent, excellent, good. <laughs> I love that. Um, wow. Well, I mean, it's been it's woof. It's been two hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you so much for for your time and for and this has been every time I talk to you. You know, it, it's always it's always I always have these eye openers and these moments of like of reconnection to to what I'm doing and kind of reaffirmation in a way and. Right. I've learned so much from you over the years and I continue to learn from you, you know, and I, I really appreciate that, you know, about our relationship and our connection. Right, right, and, um, right. I, I, I can't wait for us to make some more stuff together. Um, me too, me too, honestly. No, yeah. really I love good. working with you, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and for sure, for sure. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing um, with me and, you know, spending your morning, your Sunday morning with me, out in the cold. Are you still locked out? Yeah. Is, has anybody got now? Yeah, my nephew came in and out. I don't know if he left the door open though. I'll see you now. Okay. <laughs> I hope. I hope so. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you so much. All right, man. And have a great weekend. You do too. All right. Best. All right. Yeah.